sucks to be a fat kid in life. My chocolate was my warm hug. Fingers crossed I can hit my bus or something. But... Hello and welcome back to Life Survival Kit. I hope that you were all able to message someone and tell them how much you appreciate them. And if not, it's never too late. There is still time. If you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that we were talking about peanut butter and the results are in. Majority of people voted that you still have to butter the toast first. So there you go. Peanut butter is not in fact a butter. Obviously, people just aren't lazy like me and actually take the time to put the butter on first. But anyway, this week's episode is all about relationships with food and how you can change how you view food and, you know, tricking your mind about what is right when it comes to food. It's going to be a really great episode and I'm so excited for you all to hear it. Don't forget to like and follow Life Survival Kit Podcast and go check out its Insta page. If you're enjoying my episode so far, remember to leave a review. But don't go anywhere yet because it's time to get into the episode. Hi, I'm Jamie and you're listening to Life's Survival Kit, where I'm all about trying to help others make the most out of the life they are living. This podcast is your survival kit to life and gives you the necessary tools and knowledge with rules that will set you on the right path, as well as some inspiration along the way. So stay tuned. Today I'm here with the amazing Vicky Bock. Vicky has worked as a high school teacher, a youth support worker, and is now married with two little girls. I thought that she would be a really good first guest for Life Survival Kit, because she has so much experience with not only youth and the problems that surround them, but also because she's been on her own journey with food and how she sees food. I think it's really important that we know in a day where there is so many things based around the way we look and how our body is shaped, as well as the pressure that is placed on us, how this can affect our physical and mental health, which often can lead to us to view food differently. I'm really excited to have her on today, so hello, Vicky, and welcome to Life's Survival Kit. Hi, Jamie. It's great to be here. So, Vicky, how has your day been so far? Oh, it's been great, Jamie. I don't have my kids with me, so it's a great day when they're not here. <laughs> I do love them, but oh, it's so nice not to be near them some days. <laughs> yeah, nice to get a little bit of a break now and then. As I mentioned, you've been on your own journey with food. So what has food been to you in the past? Um, well, I've always sort of been the chunky kid at school. Even when I was little in primary school, I was always the fat kid and it sucks to be the fat kid in life. Oh my God, does it suck to be the fat kid. Um, so I've had weight issues and I remember when I was in grade five, so I think I was 10 at the time. And that's when I first remembered going, I need to go on a diet. And my little neighbor next door, she was a runner and she was blonde and skinny and she was so fast and I remember bargaining with her one day. I said, how about I make you run faster and you help me lose weight so I can be skinnier? And that was a 10-year-old. Um, so I've always sort of battled with food for a lot of my life and, and food and I have not been friends for many, many, many years. Um, 
But just until recently, Food and I have started to get a relationship that's a bit more positive. But, uh, you know, as growing up as a kid, being the chunky kid was not fun. Um, you know, you get stuff thrown at you at high school. You know, being the thicker kid, being in high school, you, you'd get teased a fair bit. Um, I remember getting pushed off my bike one day. Someone jammed a, a stick in my spokes just because they could. And, um, yeah, came an absolute guts on my bike. And um, life's not fun being the chunky kid, that's for sure. Yeah. And I think even now with we talk a lot about self-love and body positivity, but I think there's still such uh for young people they're still they're still seeing these skinny figures and thinking that's how you have to look and not getting seeing how they should actually be and like everybody's different and did that affect you negatively and make you think that yeah food was your problem or you had a problem because you were overweight Mm. oh yeah like it's so funny everyone has different points of view of their own body and everyone has their weaknesses in our own body and a lot of the time we are the only, we're our worst enemy. So we see things go, oh, my arms aren't as toned as they should be, or my, my bum is flabby, or, um, you know, I wish I was a size 10 instead of a size 12. So as females in particular, and females are probably the worst offenders here, is we always want to be something we're not. We're never satisfied with our body image that we've got. So me as a, as a size 18 teenager would see my size 10 friends and they'd be whinging about, the size of their thighs and I'm like what the frig is wrong with you like yeah. have you not seen me over here hello but they had their insecurities of their body and they were and I presumed that they were these confident young women who you know wore the cool clothes and, and were fancy and you know would have all this confidence but they had the same insecurities that I had being a size 18 to a size 10 um, so that's when I sort of realized that, oh my goodness, there is no perfect person in the world. I'm sure Jennifer Hawkins or, uh, you know, these models have sort of insecurities that I don't know, even though we are all different sizes, different makes and different models, that we all still have that insecurity over something that we're not happy with in our body. And that I think needs to change a lot in females in particular, when it comes down to it, it's all about their own insecurities of what they want instead of what they have. Yeah. And I think, a lot of the time, even if you are, yeah, like you've said before, the models or whatever, you still have those insecurities. It doesn't matter what you look like. You're always going to have something that you don't like about yourself. And that's why you've got to get over that and stop that way of thinking. Food is a good thing because I think a lot of people, when they have these issues with how they look or they think they change how they're eating, they change what how they view food. I know you've struggled with some of this stuff in the past just as uh, an idea um so when i was in grade 12 i i said at the start that you know i remember going wanting to go on a diet when i was in grade five and always and so that's a 10 year old thinking about food in a pretty negative way um and i had wonderful supportive parents i had a wonderful childhood there was no massive trauma anywhere to say you know has it come from a, a traumatic background or anything like that it was just simply I liked food and I just did not like exercise and sports. I was not good at sports. Um, you know, I was very uncoordinated. And I just, I was putting too much in my mouth and not exercising enough to then burn those calories, which would then um, sit in store as, as fat. And I remember my grandma said to me one day, she goes, don't worry, Vic, you know, it's just puppy fat. You'll grow up and then you'll lose it all. And I was like, grandma, I'm 38 now. Like nothing's, nothing's happened. What's going on, you know? And um, so... <laughs> The way that we look at it and um, going back to, you know, being a, a 10-year-old, think about that, year, year 12, I was about 80 kilos um, 
I was sitting at 90 kilos and I just went, it's my last year of school. I need to, you know, I've got a formal coming up. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm still chunky. I'm not getting enough exercise. So I remember in my last year of year 12 when I was sitting at that 90 kilos and it was just a number. And, and that's the thing that was really messing with your head is like that number defines you. That, that number on that scale is who makes you who you are. And it shouldn't be like that. But yeah. 90 kilos, year 12, pressures of school. And I said, right, I'm going to start walking to school. I'm going to start eating better. And mum was like, okay, yep, we can support you with this. Let's." Um, so she was packing me lovely salad lunches and I was you know, doing the nutrition and I was walking to school, which is about a 35, 40 minute walk to school each day and home. I ended up losing 10 kilos and I got down to 80 kilos and I thought, oh, this is great. And my grandfather said to me once, he goes, well, how much weight do you want to actually lose, Vic? And I remember in my head going, oh, I could easily lose another 10. Like, let's get down to 70. And I could not get past 80. I tried and tried and tried. And because I'd already been in that weight loss program of, you know, I need a diet, I need a diet, food and I are not friends. And I, I could not get down to that 70. I could not get a seven and nine on that scale. It sat on the 80 for so long and I was just so bummed. And because I couldn't get to that 79, I had failed once again with food. That's such a big thing with girls is they've got to look amazing. They've got to come out of that car looking like a princess, you know, tan, beautiful hair, makeup, skinny, everything. And I think that's what causes a lot of this bad way of thinking about food. You Then you go on these diets that aren't sustainable and aren't going to sustain you. That's probably why... Yeah, you're not seeing that, also not seeing that change on the scales all the time because you can't uphold that diet the whole time. And I know I've talked talked to this one girl about this and she has always had the similar problem, always felt like she was the bigger girl, always felt like she was never skinny enough, pretty enough or whatever. And so she did, yeah, she went on a big diet, thought full formal, I'm going to come out looking like a princess. I'm going to come out and everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, look at this girl. But she said she ended up losing the weight. She remembers looking in the mirror at herself all done up and going, this doesn't look like me. This is not the me I know. And so I know she has been on her own journey with food and she said, my body might be bigger, but my body is stronger and it allows me to do the things she wants to do in life. And so I think that's a big thing. And with scales as well, weight is not, does not determine anything. Cause yeah, with, especially women, you, your weight fluctuates so much. It just fluctuates and using the scales as a way of seeing if you're, yeah, if you're not fat or like, or you're skinny, which is so weird because it doesn't do anything because you can look at yourself and you can look different, but that weight could still be the same. There's moments in my life where I remember standing on the scales going, I can't believe I'm this big. I then got on the scales when I first came out to teach here, um, you know, and, and I was sitting at 106 kilos. I just went, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be 106 kilos again. Started the diet, started doing the nutrition, walking every day, you know, good food. Got down to, I think it was about 96 kilos. I went, yeah, this is brilliant. Could not get past 95 failed again I can't believe I failed again I've tried this and I, and I haven't done well and you know so it's this roller coaster of am I doing it right am I not doing it right why is this not happening how come I can't get past this 10 kilo loss I cannot get past this 10 kilo loss I've failed again and that's when it really starts to work on the mental health side of things because you're not seeing success when you're busting your but like you're really busting your guts here and I'm not seeing success what am I doing wrong so it was just this roller coaster of high highs, low lows, 
And it just after, what, now being probably about 25, 26 years old, that's 16 years of a roller coaster of high highs, low lows, and self-esteem getting smashed every single time when when someone calls you the fat kid or um, someone laughs at you, someone throws something at you, someone pushes you off your bike, someone, even in your adult life, it's that sort of knock after knock after knock after knock. And it just gets to a point where you go, do you know what? I can't get up anymore. I've had enough. I've had enough of this roller coaster of trying my guts out and not getting anywhere. And that's when yeah. this relationship with food gets nastier and nastier and nastier because you can't see success and you've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. So um, latest thing is after years and years, so I'm now 38 years old, turning 39 this year, and I'm getting old, got to the two kids. So the body is, oh, my God, kids, they wreck your body. <laughs> your, your body changes again as a woman, and it's something you've got to embrace. As a 38-year-old woman, I finally said, I, I can't do the roller coaster anymore. You know, I, I stood on the scales and I was 132 kilos. And I went, oh, my goodness, I've got two little kids that's four years old and two years old. I'm 132 kilos. I have an uncle that's just died of a massive heart attack the same way my grandfather died. So we now have heart disease in the gene pool. And now I'm pre-diabetes. I went, I need to stop. I, I cannot do this roller coaster. I've had enough. I'm not even trying anymore. And I'm just digging myself an early grave. So something's got to change. So I made the decision to make food my friend. I wanted food to become my friend and I wanted to have a healthy relationship with food and I wanted my life back. I, I was just sitting in a hole that I couldn't get out of. So I made the decision and I did a lot of research and talked to people and, and I decided to get some bariatric surgery last year, 12 months ago actually, nearly to the day. And it's changed my life. I finally started to get off that roller coaster because I'm, I've got a better relationship with food. I've got a better relationship with myself. I've got me back. I've, I haven't had me for... Yeah. 30 years so it's it's good to finally be home really <laughs> yeah and so you decided to go in and do that surgery because you that was like the best way for you yeah everyone's different and I suppose it depends for everyone like you're not saying everyone should go out and go and get that done but has worked for you and you talked about your two children and becoming a mother and do you think that was the main turning point because for you it wasn't about the way you looked like, yes, that had something to do with it, but you also wanted to be there for your children and be able to do things and have that energy to do that. Oh, hundred percent, Jamie, hundred percent, because it was no longer about me. I've got two little people I have to be here for because it's not fair growing up without a mum. And the way I was running my life with food and exercise and lifestyle, I was digging an early grave and kids need their mum. I was, I'd rather sit on the couch and, relax and and these two little people needed their mum so it was I have to get off the roller coaster and I have to take control of my life and do something about this that's permanent that I I can't do the roller coaster again and my kids needed their mum back and they and after 12 months they've got their mum back they've, they've got this mum that they've never seen before because all of a sudden I've got energy I've, I can do things I can go places I can um you know go swimming with them without feeling self-conscious but a hundred percent. We're never satisfied with what we've got. And that was me in a way too. You know, I was looking at my life with just my weight and my persona of what I look like and what, what I could wear. And like, oh, there's no point dressing up because even if I do get dressed up, I'm still not going to be the prettiest person in the room. And it's not about that. It's about being happy with myself. It's about understanding who I am and where I want to be. 
Um, and I hope my kids and the way that I am with my kids is that they'll hopefully have that more confidence in themselves when they when they grow up to be a bit bigger. But also it's it's good to be healthier. It's so much nicer. And a number on a scale or on a tag on your clothes should not define who you are. It should not define your thought process. It should not define, like you can be a size 18 and be the fittest person and play sport five yes, times exactly, a week, yeah. but you are just muscle. Like it, it can be, um, you know, you're a size 12 in the, in the top. Yeah, you know, That number on a tag should not define who you are. You've got to find that confidence in yourself. Um, and that's what my decision was, was, you know, I got to a point where, oh, you know, I'm wearing a size 22 shirt and, uh, you know, it's not as nice as what it could be. And I would love to look like, you know, a, a size 10 or something like that. But um, not being able to do stuff with my kids. And you'd see these other mums running around at playgroups with their kids and I'd be sitting there going, I just want to sit down because it's just, it's too much effort. You know, like it's too much hard work. And my little kids would be the ones sort of running around with the other mums and stuff like that. And that really, really was the... The icing on the cake was when I just could not be the mum I, I needed to be for my, my little people. But it, it's it's a hard thing to do to, to work out that that number shouldn't define you. That's one of the hardest things and I struggle with. We need to find somewhere and find something that makes us who we are that's not a materialistic thing or not a number. And that's a lot of soul searching that you need to do. That Like the young lady you said about the formal, you know, they looked in the mirror and said, that's not me. That's the catalyst. Like I'm, I've lost who I am in the, in the meantime. Yes, you should be healthy. Yes, 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 you should be healthy. Yeah. But if you are a healthy size 18, you own that. If you're yeah. a healthy size 10, you own that. You know, it's it's definitely about health and it's about making good choices with regards to your lifestyle and it's about changing a lifestyle, not a diet. Diets are fads. They come and go. That's why I was on that roller coaster. You know, I could get to the 10 kilos and stop because I'd still – not have that nice relationship with food. I was still seeing it as something that was a negative thing that, you know, was harmful. Like I used food. So I ended up being diagnosed with a binge eating disorder, which is the opposite of anorexia. It's still an eating disorder, except it's to the point where you've got such a bad relationship with food that it's your comfort. It's your, it's your everything. I was sneaking food. I was hiding food. Um, I would eat to the point where I was so full that I, I couldn't eat anymore. It was on my mind constantly. I was in the fridge constantly. Whenever I had a, a blue with the kids or the kids were just gnawing the crap out of me, I'd, I'd be at the fridge going, where's the chocolate? Where's the – because I'd gotten that bad. I, I had done the roller coaster for so many years and my relationship was that bad with food that it was controlling my life and I let it control my life because I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't satisfied with something in my life. And until I saw my kids – you know, having that, that moment at playgroup and having those moments of, you know, mum, can you come and do something with me? No, because I just want to sit here. I don't want to push you on the swing. I don't want to jump on the trampoline with you because it's, it hurts too much or it's too much effort. Those sort of catalysts get you going and, and that's what you need. Yeah, I love how you said that it's about the health. It's not about what you look like. It's about the health above everything else. That's the important part. And it is, it's a mind game. The reason you can't physically do it is because you can't convince your mind that you can do it. What are some tricks that you have put in place? Because you now have a better relationship with food. How have you changed that to being, no, I don't need that food. It's not my comfort. It's not going to do anything for me. And that's it. It's that comfort. It's finding your comfort somewhere else. So my chocolate was my warm hug. Um, so it's about finding 
finding your comfort elsewhere, finding in, in so, something. And sometimes people can find comfort in a negative way and that's something you need to avoid. But for myself, um, and it's taken a good 12 months, so my internal health is a hell of a lot better. So my my reasoning for doing the lifestyle change was to get my internal health right. That's ticking boxes now. So no longer pre-diabetic, cholesterol's come down. My internal health is saying I'm ticking boxes. Vitamin D is up because I'm being more active. So with the way that I've now found comfort in other things, it's about being, it's your thought process, exactly what you're saying. It's your mind that's stopping you. So with me, and I've had, I've had a psychologist help me a lot with my food because um, I just couldn't do it on my own. So I had to seek professional help. And um, one of the tips that he's given me is I used to give myself uppercuts constantly with my thought process. So, you know, that I've failed. So why, why try again? Um, you're no good at this. I'll just harden up and get up and get doing something. You know, you, that negative like self-sabotage thought process. It's about stopping just for that microsecond, just stop. Let's think about what's happening in my head at the right, right now. You know, am I, am I self-sabotaging my thought process? Where's my head space at? Is it an, in a negative space or is it unrealistic thoughts? Um, is it, so it's about finding where your mind is sitting at a particular time. So if you've got a trigger, so the trigger might be um, kids annoying the crap out of me. My thought process first is stop. They're a toddler. They don't know life yet. It's fine. They're still learning. You don't need to go find source of a fridge. Like don't go and find your sugar. But instead, prior to that lifestyle change, a spilt glass would be like, oh my goodness, now I'm going to have to get up and I'm going to have to go get a cloth and clean this up. I don't want to clean this up. I'd rather just sit here. I'd rather just not do anything. And now you're making me do something. So that thought process of just that negativity of, oh my goodness, I'm not a good mum. How come they can't even hold a cup of water? What's going on here? You know, it's this this unrealistic thoughts that roll around your head which which you have to stop so when you get that trigger it's just going work brain just hang on a second here what are we thinking right now um and if it isn't in that negative process and that negative thing break it down to little steps so you know it, it might be oh yeah that means i'll just get to wipe the floor so i'll have a nice clean patch on my floor for the day i won't have to mop that area later um it might be changing that that negativity of you know, they're a four-year-old, they make mistakes. You were a four-year-old once. I'm sure you spilled plenty of cups of water. I spilled cups of water as an adult. What are you doing? <laughs> like, just calm down. Just calm down. So a lot of my self-sabotage and why I got so big and why I did that binge eating because I, I kept kicking myself in the guts with regards to my thoughts. So it's just about, and my tip here is just to stop your thought process and work out what you're thinking in that particular phase that's going to trigger a, a negative so it's like what is triggering something in your life that's making you look for comfort and work out what the trigger is how can we avoid it if we can or if we can't avoid it what can we do with our thoughts so we don't spiral I really like that thank you for being so open as well I know this is some for some people this can be really hard to talk about but I think it's good to talk about it and get it open and start that conversation with people because it is. The mind is such a terrible thing. Just saying that one negative thing to yourself can, yeah, like you said, to have that big, long spiral. And I think it's important to remember it doesn't matter who you are or what you look like. You can still have those negative thoughts and that negative thing and which can, yeah, affect what, how you're exercising, how you're eating everything and how you're living your life and your own health. Yeah. So do you, 
are you happy that you made that decision? Do you, are you, I'm proud of you. Are you proud of yourself? <laughs> oh yeah. Look, it, it's, it's been such a journey. Like I was, I'm down. So I judged on the scales of the day. I'm down to um, 80 kilos. So I've lost over 50 kilos and wow. my life has changed completely be, because it had to. Um, you know, I can, I've got my life back. So yeah, it's, it's such a thing that, you know, you, you try not blow your own trumpet, but bloody <laughs> hell, I am so proud of myself because you should I've, be. I've yeah. got my kids again. I, you know, I've got the rest of my life to live. I've, I've got more energy to help my husband on the farm. I've got, I've got it back. Whereas it was slipping through my fingers and I could not grab it. I could not grasp it because it was just too far away. I made that decision to, um, to get it back again. And I'm so glad I did because it has literally changed my internal health, which is going to leave me on this planet for hopefully a lot longer now. Fingers crossed not get hit by a bus or something, <laughs> but hopefully I'll be here a lot longer now than what I was tracking 12 months ago. Okay. And I wanted to just take it back to, I know at the start of this episode, you said that it was crazy. You said you were 10 years old when you started dieting. To me that you seemed so young then, like, why do you think at people at such a young age think that their body's not okay, that they need to change, that dieting's like the right answer? It's so bizarre because because you are so young then. And I look at my kids and go, they, they haven't got a clue about, you know, their health or anything. And, and to me, it was nothing about my health, but it was the outside that I was struggling with. I didn't look like my neighbor next door, the little blonde skinny thing. I didn't look like her. It wasn't about how healthy I was, but my packaging on the outside. Um, another memory I have was when I was in grade two. So I think I was like seven years old at this stage and we had to weigh ourselves in the classroom. And I was the same weight as one of my friends. And I just went, wow, we're both 25 kilos. And that's a number that stuck in my head. And that was grade two. Like, like why would that yes. be a significant thing in my life back then? But that's something I remember. So these numbers have been haunting me for so many years. These numbers, this this external image not not the character that I am as a person not not the fact that I'm still a healthy person inside not the fact that you know I've still got good morals and values and you know I'm, I'm a, a good decent human being that stuff didn't matter it was about the the exterior of, of what I look like this so as a 10 year old um you know being surrounded the, the toys I used to play with one of my favorite toys as a kid was a Barbie doll like the Barbie was my all. That was my image of, oh, imagine if I looked like her. So the toys I played with, you know, the, the shows I would watch on TV of this long, I remember I wanted to be Ariel the Mermaid. So my hair would go swish, swish, swish in the water, <laughs> you know. So the the images I was surrounded by were telling me this is what I needed to look like. This is what I yeah. needed to, like I wanted to be everything I wasn't. I was healthy and I was a nice little kid, but I didn't look the way I wanted to look. And I didn't look like everyone else in my class. And I didn't look like the Barbie doll. And I didn't look like Ariel because I didn't have a frigging tail. But, you know, yeah. it is this, I didn't, I didn't value what I should have been valuing. Yeah. I got to value what's on the inside, not what the packaging looks like. You know, I think as a society, we, we put too much emphasis and value on the looking part instead of looking at the internal and digging a bit deeper and go, I am actually a nice person and I'm not going to let a number define me. So I think I think that needs to change in society and I think that's what we need to teach these kids as a young foundation is look inside. It's the inside that counts. If that's not right, like with your health, change it. If it's if you're actually a really nice person on the inside, be proud of that. Own that. You know, the the soul is what matters, not 
the exterior. Everybody's different. And if you're a healthy body and a capable and strong body, I think that's what we need to put, remember to put up because that's what is important because it doesn't matter what you look like. And I love how you said that we need to remember who we are and what's inside. It doesn't matter what we look like on the outside. It's what we value and how, if we are a good person or not. And I, yeah, I think that's the most important part. And that's what we should be thinking about more is who we are as a person and not what we look like. And since we're coming to the end of the episode now, I wanted to ask you, Vicky, what is like a rule or a mantra or something you live by or that gets you through each day? Um, since, since it's all about food, um, this episode and, and my journey that I've been on, one of the most things that has stuck in my head through this whole changing of my lifestyle this last 12 months is my surgeon said to me, he goes, you've got to plan what to eat and eat what you plan. He said, that's the best way you can go with your food because you know what you've planned for yourself and you know that that's what you're intaking for the day. So that's one of the things that's really stuck in my head this last 12 months is plan what you eat and eat what you plan. And and that's really what's got me through a lot of the 12 months is making those good food choices um, with, with life. And I think the main thing you've got to remember in life is you do you. Do you and not anyone else. Perfect you. Get you right. Because no one else can change you but you. That's it. We're always worried about what other people are doing or what we should be doing because of what other people are doing. But as long as we look after ourselves and make sure our own health is right, the rest will just happen naturally. And so thank you for being on Life Survival Kit today, Vicky. It has been a, it has been really great having you on and I hope that you really enjoyed it. And I'm sure a list, these listeners will love hearing about your story and just, yeah, opening up that door to talk about food and your health as priority over the way you look. So, yeah, thank you. Oh, great to be here, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Life Survival Kit. I hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to tune in next week to hang out with me and listen to the newest episode of Life Survival Kit.